Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Butler Sports Affair, the show with all the bar athletics you can handle. I'm your host, Ethan Pollock, and today I'll be joined later by my rotating panel of James Andrews and Jake Kaufman. But first, let's run to some of the headlines and topics for today's show. To start off, we'll preview the rest of the Butler men's tennis team as they've already started and we're going to be covering their few big wins that they've already had and looking ahead at the rest of the season. Next up, we will tackle the Butler men's basketball team who is missing their clutch genes after they lost three straight games by a combined total of seven points. Last but not least, we will cover the women's basketball team who is beginning to see some bright spots in their young talents. Alrighty, Bulldogs, who's hungry? Because our first meal today, we'll be digging into the Butler men's tennis season. Alright, so we're going to be starting off with our men's tennis team as their season has just gotten started so far and we wanted to just kind of preview uh, it. I know the season's already started, but we wanted to still kind of intro it and to give it a little bit of an outlook onto the rest of the season. And today I'm going to be joined by my hostess with the Moses and the, or co-hostess with the Moses, and that is James Andrews. James, are you ready to get your Roger Federer on? Absolutely, Ethan. And thank you for that awesome introduction. I am just absolutely flattered. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to be here talking some sports with you. You know, no other place I'd rather be. All righty. So the Butler men's tennis team. uh, So we, as as two sports guys, we try and pride ourselves about knowing a lot of sports. Uh, We just sat down about 30 minutes ago and we were trying to like look into how tennis was go or how it's all, uh, at least how it all works. And as avid sports fans, I couldn't tell you how it worked. So to be- before we go jumping into it, I wanted to kind of explain super duper quick how the how this whole scoring system works. So when we start saying like how the results were um, with tennis, uh, you, you got people in the audience will actually understand. And for those who already under- who already know, good for you guys. And uh, this should be you guys could just skip ahead from this part. But for now, we're going to try and help the rest of the majority of the people who don't really know how this works. So college tennis, um, it's going to be best of seven point-wise in a collegiate match. Uh, it consists of three doubles matches and six singles matches. Um, and so it's usually just six people go and they play their doubles match first and they play for one doubles point. And then they go and they play six singles matches worth one point each. And that's kind of, and it's a best of uh, seven um overall match that they do and then that's how the whole scoring point system works so say uh butler wins six to one or four to three that's that's what it means they might have gotten one point from the doubles and six or three from the singles but it it could be all spread all over the place but had to include that super duper quick before we jump into it just because uh more more for me and for other people as well just because i had no idea how it was working i didn't know i think me and james were sitting here for a little while but we're, we're learning, right? We're, we're learning. I think so. so. Yeah, we are. And, you know, it's great that, you know, we can be able to share this with everybody else. And our tennis team, they, they are doing – they're a pretty good team. You know, they might be one of our best teams on campus right now. So, hey, if you're looking to go see the dogs, you know, catch some victories, this might be the team to go watch. Yeah, speaking of victories, so we'll jump right into what we've missed so far in this season. So the Butler men's tennis team currently sits at 3-4 and four, uh, at this season or in this season. And with their most recent match, they just played against UND. They ended up losing 1-6, to six, but they've gotten some big wins against Lipscomb, uh, Cleveland State, and Illinois State as well. Uh, most of their games have been played here in Indy, uh, including the one that just happened on Tuesday. So... Um, uh, James, can you take me through what happened, I guess, this, on uh, this game that happened on UND or what we've missed so far? Yeah, so that probably wasn't Butler's best showing. You know, they lost 1-6 to six against UND. 
maybe there was just an aspect of a little bit of a letdown there because, you know, we do play so many tough opponents, uh, not only in the Big East, but also in non-conference. They have scheduled games coming up versus Indiana, Louisville, at Michigan State, all of those on the road. That is going to be an absolute grinder of a schedule. So I think there might be a little bit of just a sense of them getting tuned up and warmed up for this event. You know, they have already several wins on the season, a 4-3 victory against Lipscomb, 5-2 against Cleveland State, 5-2 against Illinois State. So I wouldn't worry too much about the U of I loss, although it's definitely not the way you kind of want to go into some of your tougher games here. But they do have another game coming up against Ball State on Sunday uh, before they have to play really those real tough non-conference games. So that'll give them another good chance to get, get right going into that. Yeah, and this men's team has a lot of, I guess, they've been on the uh, rise uh, over the last few years um, because uh, they have a newer head coach in Sam Miles who got there in 2019 and actually had one of the young, super duper young squads that was composed of five freshmen um, and on the currently on the roster um, that the Butler has. They only have about eight guys on the roster. So five of the eight guys um, is pretty, pretty darn young for a team. So now that it's been three years, these guys are kind of getting a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. They're starting to get their footing, I think, a little bit more, um, especially now that the COVID season has ended because last season they finished eight and eight due to the whole cancellation of so many matches that they were able to, uh, they missed out on being able to play. So I think this might lead to a little bit more of a gritty attitude and kind of wanting these players to play a little bit more and trying to pursue more because I think these guys got uh, a little bit more. Like I think... Who, who, who are some of the good guys that we got, James, I think, headed into this season? Yeah, so I think Thomas Brennan is definitely one of our better players there uh, out of Ireland. He has been somebody who's been a consistent member of this team, typically going to either court one or court two, uh, which for those of you who don't know, basically you're sending your best players to court one and then so are going down from there. Uh, so, you know, obviously, even if they're not always picking up the most wins, just the fact that they're having to go and play the other team's best players uh, is a testament to how good they are. So Thomas Brennan is one of our better ones there. And then also another one of our players to really keep an eye on is <laughs> Alvaro Huet Vadillo. I hope I don't, didn't butcher that name. I think uh, it sounded all right. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We promise. Yeah, we you know we do our best. He is a 6-7 uh, player um, out of, I'm going to butcher this in name, Ilescas, Spain. I'm just not even going to attempt to ever say that ever again. But he's from Spain. He's a junior, so he's also an upperclassman. And, you know, he has a very established record. Uh, he went 9-3 and three last year in singles in just his sophomore season. Uh, and he was just one of five players on our team with a winning record. So I think now that he'll be in the number one spot for most of our matches this year, I think he'll definitely be one of, a, a great anchor to lead this team. And don't forget about Michael Dickinson, who is another one of the great players that uh, usually plays doubles with Brennan, who's, uh, I believe, Butler's best player. As he's a fun fact a little bit about Brennan that you mentioned earlier. Uh, he's an indoor champion in Ireland and used to be ranked in the number one tennis player in Ireland as a junior um, in high school before coming to, obviously, here at Butler. So this guy's got a, a lot of potential to be playing along with now Dickinson, who's a redshirt senior. And um, both these guys have been able to play very, very well. Brennan was just also a part of the unanimous uh, selection of the All Big East first team uh, last season. So this year he's looking to try and one-up that. So we've got some really good tennis players, I feel like, on this team. 
And especially like when we're looking at the schedule too as well this year, it's a lot tougher than uh, than usual. Um, we've got teams like Michigan State. We've got Yale who had already played, which was a rough game. Um, but to be able to get experience like that for the Big East is really, really good and kind of like sets us up to be able to succeed, I think, a little bit more. Alrighty, so we've been rattling on for a little bit too long about tennis. You can tell we this is like our new secret obsession, I guess, if you want to call it that. But um, uh, before we go, uh, go check out the uh, men's tennis team this Sunday, like we said, February 13th. Um, although it might be a little bit of a drive, it is uh, an away game, um, but you could be able to still try and stick with them and kind of pay attention to the men's tennis scene this year. As we'll try and touch up on them every once in a while and maybe check up in a few weeks. But uh, for now, that's going to do it for our men's tennis uh, team. Check out next week as well as we're going to be talking about the women's team and previewing their season as well. But for now, we're going to be jumping right into the uh, the crits, nitty gritty of the basketball section with our podcast, starting off with the men's basketball team. Okay, so men's basketball team, what has been going on? Not something too great, to say the very least. Uh, I don't know what happened, but somebody took away our clutch gene, if I had to say so uh, myself. As for the men's basketball team today, we're going to be, or I'm going to be joined once again here by James, uh, as James is another great, great analyst for men's basketball. So we're going to be covering, obviously, the men's basketball team and what's been going on and uh, three straight losses uh, after our two-game winning streak is not the greatest way to continue, especially this late in the season when the wins become really, really crucial on trying to stay alive for the tournament, especially with the Biggies being so good this year uh, and Butler having a really good opportunity to even just try and sneak their way into the tournament at this point. But those three losses are kind of putting uh, that that dream to bed as Butler lost to Xavier. They lost to St. John's and Creighton, three straight losses all by a combined seven points differential. That is not a good good way to start. So, James, three straight losses with that close of games. What has happened to the team? Well, I think we have to acknowledge that they're playing well, first and foremost. I mean, we're not losing by 40. So as painful as just losing these close games are, I guess they're a little bit better than, you know, losing to 40 to Villanova on the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have competed very well in these games and I've been proud of the team. It has just been a matter of just stringing together a few good possessions on offense in the final closing minutes. It's a, our problems have mostly come in clutch time there and also just still figuring out the rotations. It's been the story all season long of who does Butler want on the court and what situations. And it seems like now closing in, we're getting close to the end of the season. Now we're about two thirds of the way through like the big East schedule and we still don't really have an answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those like miss last missed opportunities, I mean, in the Xavier game, we had we were down. Uh, I believe it was four point. No, excuse me, it was down. We were down three points. Only it was a game time three. We had Chuck come in and or excuse me, scratch that. We were down four. We needed Chuck to go hit a floater, which he had a wide open floater drove all the way. Literally nobody standing in front of him misses that floater, and Xavier goes and makes their. Back-to-back free throws, and it's a four-point game with four seconds left. Butler can't do anything. We lose the game. Fast forward to St. John's. We are winning the game. We blow it. It's 72-75. We give the ball to Chuck Harris. Chuck Harris with a game-time opportunity inside Hinkle Fieldhouse. Can the magic happen? He airballs the three. And then we fast-forward again to this game that was just happened on Tuesday at Creighton. We're playing very, very well. We're winning the game. We blow the game late, and we're down 52-54. Uh, we have the last possession, literally just tech, or keep going until the clock uh, expires and uh, 
Aaron Thompson with the ball this time instead of Chuck. Drives to the net. Looking for a pass, doesn't find one. Tries and does a turnaround floater one-handed. Once again, doesn't even really go anywhere near the rim. And we lose again. Those are three straight games. Nail biters. This They were very, very, very frustrating losses. And right now, we're, everyone's just kind of left with like... I just a uh, like just an unsatisfied feeling. I think is what it is, right, James? Yeah, because you know we talked about it last week that these games come that these set of games were against good teams, but they were winnable games too, and that's what we saw. We had easily had a chance to win all three of these games, and we could have been on a five game win streak and actually had a lot of momentum in the Big East standings. But instead, now we're just kind of back to in that basement area, just above Georgetown and DePaul. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of takeaways you could take from all of these games, uh, starting with the Xavier one. You know, I, we were downed by nine points with four minutes left to go. So at this point, I thought the game was pretty close to being over. And then we did make a miraculous comeback, and it actually happened after Aaron Thompson fouled out, which I thought was really interesting. Aaron Thompson has played well all season long, but I think it, it's fair to point to him for a lot of these just late-game situations, and it's just because he can't shoot. And if he doesn't feel confident about his floater, I mean, we're seeing teams just give him the Ben Simmons treatment uh, when they're guarding him. They're just not—they're really not putting a body on him. And then, you know, when he does drive in, then the center will just slide over, and then they'll just rotate on defense from there, and we don't really have the explosiveness or the chemistry to take advantage of it. Inconsistency is the word of the day, pretty much, for this Butler basketball team. As another another point I want to bring up, too, that has just been a big, big issue, especially in these last three games, is inconsistency. Uh, against Xavier, who is our leading scorers? Chuck Harris with 18, Jane Taylor with 18. Great. We got these young guys coming in. We got Aaron Thompson with 12 points. Let's keep this up. Have them continue. We fast forward to the game against St. John's. Who are leading scorers? Bo Hodges with 22, Bryce Enzi with 14. And then we jump to the game against, uh, what is it, Creighton. And then we've got Jaden Taylor this time again now leading. And Bohadis with 10. And Bryce Golden's got 9. So we're getting all these guys with different names. We can't find any consistency on offense. And when you're trying, I feel also bad for Laval too, because when he's trying to get this starting lineup, trying to get it figured out, you try and put your best players on the court. Well, when you got guys constantly having good games and bad games like it's no tomorrow it's a literal a literal roller coaster i called i said it last week i think we're still on that roller coaster ride as we nobody really even knows not even us not even the ball not even the players who's going to go off every single week so trying to find consistency i think is the only thing and then the first thing we should be trying to figure out on this entire team in general is to try and find one person to give the ball to and just kind of do it and i think there's one person that comes to mind and that is bo hodges bo hodges has been playing very very well as of recent i feel like we need to start giving him ball even more let him be able to take these clutch shots because he's putting up these 22 points he's putting up these 10 points he's like putting up good games he hasn't had the ball in his hands in the last few minutes and any on all three of these games why not give bo a chance he is pretty much our best player right now and he's our hot at least our hottest player right now i feel like we should try and give the ball to him so at least that that's what I have thing. I think I assume you're thinking kind of something similar, right, James? Yeah, I mean, you know, Bo Hodges had 10 points in the first half of that um, Creighton game, if I'm not mistaken, and then didn't score in the second half. And it was a very similar story in the St. John's where he also had a big first half and then was just very quiet in the second half. So I think, you know, I'll, I, what I've seen out of Bo Hodges is that 
a lot of teams are paying attention to him on the scouting report, like I mentioned in the past, but they're not concerned about his three-point shooting. So they've been leaving him open there. And he's a very capable shooter. So then he's been knocking them down, and that just gets him into the flow of the game, and he gets going, he gets shots inside, he's putting up points, and then they make adjustments in the second half, and they really come out and they try to stop Bo. So that's when we need to actually like incorporate more of an offense to get him involved somehow and run direct plays to get him the shots, whether we're trying to get him a three three-point shot, a cut to the basket, or even have him do a run on ball in a pick and roll. You know, we need to figure something out because if they're going to game plan um, against him, then they we need to do the same thing back and just counterattack and game plan ways to get him the ball and get him shots up. Because we've been, I think we've been playing really well defense too as well. So when we're able to get these guys going like Bohojas on offense, things should be looking bright. But right now it's still all dark and gloomy here over Butler, but there is another game, another opportunity for Hinkle Magic to strike again, and we will always keep our hopes up as <clears throat> uh, this Saturday against uh, well, Butler will be playing Marquette. Marquette is having the, one of the seasons or best seasons of their, fr- like, I guess, school history at this point. They're, uh, they're up at ranked number 18th in the country right now uh, after Shaka Smart took over, and now they're coming to Hinkle. And it's the first time that Butler's going to be playing Marquette all season long. Marquette is a, one of the top three teams or best teams in the entire Big East. So this is going to be a big, big game as one of the best teams are coming to Indianapolis. And do you think Butler has any hope? Do you think we could maybe wake up and try and continue this, I guess, hot streak of being able to stay in these games? And do you think play up? Can we play up to their competition this time, do you think? I definitely think we can. I mean, they're a good defensive team, so I think we need to, you know, obviously stick with them there. But we're going to have to put up some points because this is a team that even in their losses, they're still putting up over 70 points per game. So if we don't break that 70-point threshold, and that's been so tough for us to get to this year, I, I don't know if I can see us winning this game. I mean, maybe 65 will get it done. I don't know. It's just tough to tell. They have Justin Lewis there, who's a senior guard, senior forward, and he's averaging over 18 points per game. He's lighting it up from downtown. They've got grad transfer Daryl Morsell, too. He's leading their offense. And you got to really watch for him in the big spots because this is something I've seen from him, you know, in his past before when he was playing at Maryland before he transferred to Marquette. He is a big shot taker and he can knock them down. It might be a contested mid range, some sort of a sidestep three pointer, and not something you would expect him to do because he won't take those shots all game. But then down the stretch, if it's close in the fourth quarter, he will take them and he will make them. So we have to make sure we watch out for him. And then on the other end, he's actually one of the best on ball perimeter defenders in the entire um, in all of college basketball so whether he lines up on Chuck Harris or Bo Hodges it's going to be tough to get the, the person the ball on whoever he's on so we might even have to just eliminate that player and just try to stay away from him and not let him have a strong defensive impact on the game and try to go to some other players which could work to our advantage because again when you have a standout defender like him you obviously want to put him on the other team's best player Good luck for the Marquette coach of trying to figure out who that is because, again, like we've been talking this entire time, we can't figure out who our best players are. We don't know who's going to go off. We don't know who's going to play their best. It's our own so, strategy. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to figure out which guy to put their best defender on. So we might have some advantage there. Again, one of our big keys, we haven't mentioned this name yet. We talked about him a lot. We love this guy. 
It's not CMOS Lukosius, but it's Jaden Taylor. Because even though both of them have been playing really well, Jaden Taylor mm-hmm. has really stepped up the past three games. And I would love to see him keep it going. Maybe even move into that starting lineup, like you were kind of mentioning before. Does something need switched up? We've got NZ and Bryce Golden, who are still starting. And they've been playing really well. And I think they need a lot of credit for while we are playing so good defensively. These goes, those guys have really stepped up, sort of like around the midway through the Big East play. And how we've been able to get back to the point where we are, where we're again considered an uh, upper echelon defensive team, just you know, with the offensive struggles. But maybe getting Jaden Taylor in there for a few minutes and kind of more staggering those guys a little bit more, letting them get their breathers, running more spread offense. That could be some of the keys to going up against this Marquette team. Yeah, Marquette, once again, like you said, stupid, stupid good at defense. They actually ranked uh, second best marketing league in limiting teams to the uh, second best field goal percentage. Uh, basically second least, sorry, uh, and with 39.2% from the field per game. So Butler's going to be able to need to hit their shots in this game, and it's going to be a really, really close one. I cannot wait. So make sure you tune into that one it's, and make sure you show out because – you always want to make sure you're at these games because you never know when the Hinkle Magic might strike. So Yeah, and to that point, Ethan, you know, I've started to sense that there's more fans starting to come back because um, probably, you know, really when we were at the peak of our struggles, Hinkle started emptying out. And that's just, I hate to see that because no matter what, we all got to come out and we have to support the team because these are still our fellow students. And whether you're alumni too or just a fan of the team, I would still encourage you to come out because we have seen these games improve a lot, especially our home games. All Pretty much our last, like, I would say four or five home games at the very least have all been very competitive down to the end. So, you know, definitely come out, show out. Come to the dog pound, cheer loud, and I believe there's also a Chick-fil-A giveaway on Saturday, too. There so, is. <laughs> if nothing else, just come for the Chick-fil-A. Uh, if you're hungry, absolutely so. But like I said, as a Butler Bulldog, we guarantee one thing every year, and that is one major upset. And we have yet to see that this season, so you never know when it's going to happen this season. So make sure you turn on to that. Marquette will be playing at 4.30 this Saturday. Also, make sure you watch these other few games that will be coming up in these next few days, including games against DePaul and St. John's on next Tuesday and Friday. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll be cheering on the Bulldogs, especially this weekend and a huge game. So, But now we're going to be moving on to our final section of our podcast, which is going to be about the women's basketball team. And I'll be joined later with Jake Kaufman. So final sport of the day, we're going to be talking about the women's basketball team here as They've had uh, a few tough losses here in their last two games. It was supposed to be three. I'll get to that a little bit more. But uh, today we're talking about the women's basketball team. I'll be joined by another one of our co-hosts and our uh, magic or magical and amazing rotating panel. Today I'll be joined here by Jake Coffin. Jake, how's it going? I'm doing good, man. Thanks. Uh, nice introduction there. Good to be back. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done one of these. I'm glad that we're back. You know. I know. So it's been almost a week. We trying to make sure we're keeping our. Uh, Posts a little bit more consistent now that we've got games getting a little bit, a little bit more and more and more important as seasons are kind of coming to an. At least the winter sports are nearing the end of their schedules. Uh, so, but now we're just going to just jump into it. So, women's basketball team uh, had three games scheduled since the last time we talked, and one of them was like the game against UConn at UConn. UConn is, in, at least women's wise, are ranked number tenth in the nation at the time they were, but. 
Uh, I guess a lucky break for the Butler women's basketball team is that the game actually got canceled as uh, if everyone didn't really know or didn't know about or people who were in Indiana did experience it and for, look, forgot. Uh, we got a huge, huge snowstorm uh, last week during the whole snowmageddon. So um, game got canceled due to travel issues and Butler women's team could not be able to make it to UConn. And so the game just got actually completely canceled, didn't even get postponed because uh, the biggies saw that or baseball team saw that the game didn't really matter in the long run because UConn is sitting at the top of the Big East. Butler sitting at the bottom of the Big East realized it's not going to help them in any sort of way. So they decided we're just not going to play this game. We're just going to call it. And but that is it. So Butler will not have to play UConn, which is, I guess, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Um, but they're going to be focusing now on their next two games here uh, that have already happened as well. So Seton Hall and St. John's for the next two games, both actually closer losses as um, both of them at least at halftime was a very very close game I know in the St. John's game was only one point game so but Jake you've been with the team you are a woman's basketball manager you saw this from a little bit better view than I did so what happened in these last two games and how has the Butler women's team looked or at least improved in your eyes yeah well um first of all um funny story actually is that um uh, I found out when talking to one of the coaches. The the reason that they didn't go to UConn wasn't actually because of the snow. Their their plane had like plane maintenance issues. I was really, really surprised. Yeah, I was really surprised when I heard that. But um, that's actually um, what's going on with that. Obviously, darn airplanes, man. Yeah, I mean, do we want? I mean, would it be? I mean, playing UConn is like a thing where like you know, good re- for media, not good for playing. I mean, it's sport. just like it's just kind of like the thing is like at this point, why? Um, but I think, you know, I also know the players still would want to play and everyone wants to go out and it's unfortunate with that, but, um, yeah, but so moving on to this first, we're going to start with the Seton Hall game that, um, Seton Hall going into it, there's, um, so there's a player that on the Seton Hall, who number three is Lauren Park Lane, who that was like their name, initial game plan was trying to set around her. She's one of like the best players in the conference. She's very tiny. She's listed at a very, very honest or comfortable five, six by that, but from me hearing this from me she's like five one but um yeah so that game they on it there was a bit of a struggle as there's been a lot of them the biggest thing was just that um Seton Hall really was hitting from the outside early on they hit they finished with 10 threes but um early on I think they had four or five in the first quarter yeah they had four threes in the first quarter which really made it difficult because you know obviously threes that amount of thing and they always shot just over 50 percent from the field in the first quarter too so they just had a lot of offense going early on and the Butler's team kind of struggled offensively. I think we I'm trying to I'm trying to look back here exactly. Yeah, um, we hit two threes and we were 45 percent. But early deficits have been a thing that's hurt this team all season. We've talked about it. Um, but the thing that also tended to happen is that um, or issue that the team has had over the course of the season, including their first game, is that um, on their scouting reports they've left some players like they've dared players to shoot. But um, even after, like, they've consistently said, like, they've dared players to shoot sometimes after, even after they've seen them make a bunch of shots. And in this case, I'm referring to number four in Seton Hall. Her name is Andra Espinosa-Hunter. She ended up with uh, 21 points, 8 of 13 in the field, and 5 of 9 from 3. And at least seven of those looks were wide open. And so that was a really big thing. And she always seemed to hit them right when, like, Butler was starting to make a run, you know, trying to make this game closer. So that was a really big she was the biggest reason that they lost. Um, they also got just had four players in double figure or five players in double figures, excuse me, which also ding and just overall did a good job in a lot of different ways. Um, the one thing that Butler did have a good or was able to do was that they were able to score inside pretty well because Seton Hall doesn't have really a lot of bigs 
Um, the leading scorer um, for this game is someone who we have not probably brought up a lot. Her name is Tenley Dow. She's a redshirt sophomore from Morton, Illinois. You know, from Illinois, like me and Ethan. Um, she finished with um, 17 and it was and nine rebounds, only one away from a double double. Um, hit five eleven for the field, three of eight from three. So she she had a very good game. Unfortunately, no one else in Butler really scored in double figures and offensively besides her they there was a lot of struggling um the team finished with 56 points i don't think we said the exact score but you know 56 points pretty low and uh, um they actually surprisingly they only took 23s this game they're usually up more in the 30 35 range so that was likely they did try to attack more inside so I, that i think the ideas were good just the execution at times wasn't um turnovers they did an okay job 16 is Obviously, for a lot of teams, is not a high number, but for or is a high number for them. It's pretty good. I know I've been rambling on a lot on here, but um, uh, I want to give you a second to um talk about things that you want to say before I get into the absolutely yeah. Game. So obviously, the scene hall game. You talked a lot about. I'll just try and keep my things short then. But so special shout out, obviously, to Sydney Janes as she actually got to hit her first three point of her Butler career. As I believe she's a freshman, so she's just getting a little bit more playing time. And to be able to go out and hit that in their first game is really, 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 really good for her. But like I said, this team is, I still think, is really improving. They're still being able to continue to stay with it. Um, yes, I think they've struggled later in the, uh, the second half has been the, the hardest thing and the biggest struggle, I think, for this Butler team is being able to just come out in the second half and be able to stick with it. And I, I will also say this too as well. A big, big reason, I think, for an issue too as well on the, uh, women's team that's kind of similar uh, with the men's team as I said it earlier in this podcast and I'll say it again inconsistency the word of the day remember that word because um, we have been like just trying to find one person on offense and have them be able to try and just run the offense for them has been quite impossible on the men's team and I feel like it's kind of a little bit of an issue on the women's team as well because you've got days where this Tenley Dowell she's dropping 17 points and you've got the days against uh, St. John's and you got Selena Taborn leading the team with uh, 13 points and you got Trinity with White with 10 so it's literally like I feel like somebody new every single day, and I say it, and I say it again, and I say it again. I'm like, we have to find somebody to just kind of run the ball through and just kind of focus with them. Find someone who can actually score, even even if it's just ten points a game. Just try and find somebody who we know we could score and rely on every single game this season, and try and be able to stick with them. Yeah, um, I think um, one thing I just realized I forgot is the Seton Hall thing. There was a really impressive Butler was down sixteen at one point and actually did come back and take the lead in the third quarter, which was. Obviously, a very good momentum thing, and a lot of kind of seemed like there that they actually were gonna, you know, have a chance of holding on the end. I think they just kind of got gassed out, though. I mean, coming back from sixteen is hard. You know, it takes a lot of energy, and you know, then and a team that's better is normally gonna be able to just then eventually realize that we gotta kick it into gear. Um, but now we're gonna move into the St. John's game, which was just a. Uh, was actually just yesterday as the time we're recording this. Um, so, and that Ethan I think touched on it, but um, at the end of that first half, it was actually a one. It was a one point game, but it was only down by one. They had played pretty well. Um, it was a pretty low scoring game, especially early on. Um, it was only it was thirty eight to or thirty nine thirty eight at the half. Um, they were getting a bunch of um, no one in that first half. That the thing that I think that kept them in the game is not that they were le- being led by any one person, but that a bunch of people had eight. Or six and eight. Trinity White had six at the half. Selena Taborn had eight. Alex Richard had six. Um, I think Tenley had six at that point too. There was just or not? Excuse me, not Zoe Jackson had six at that point. There was just a lot of collective small things that helped them out. 
Um, I just think later on in the third quarter and the thing is that and um, you talked about, you know, this consistency and trying to have one person normally for this team. It's been Celine Tabor and she's still we've talked. I said this a few times, but she still does lead the entire country in field goal percentage, which is obviously impressive. But um, she just is just because she's had a lot of injuries in her career and she's her like mode, not her motor, but I would just say her ability to play long spurts sometimes is just hard, really difficult on her. And I think that that's what the problem is. When the team doesn't have her in the post, they kind of just don't know exactly what to do. And especially again, this is a team with a lot of freshmen who have, who haven't played in many games. And that's really difficult for a team with all those different kind of things. But, um, but for the second half, the thing, the biggest key was this, that um, Butler had a lot of opportunities where they just missed open laps. And, I mean, that's the kind of thing where, you know, you can want to give people stuff for them. But I absolutely want to look at positive. I'm saying I think they, the shots they tried to generate in that past game were the best they, the all season. They, I mean, and sometimes you're just not going to make shots. We've seen that at the men's level. We'll see that at any level of basketball. But I feel like the ideas that they were trying to make were very good. And I think that's something that we, you know, should be taken into account and applauded. In this game, they only had 13 turnovers, I believe, that – uh, like four or five of them were in the first quarter, so they only they finished off the rest of it, not turning the ball over well. I mean, again, I think that you know when a season where you know wins have been difficult to come by, to say at least, it's important to look at like the small things. And I think you know a team improving their shot selection and trying to make better ideas is a good thing because. And also, I think one thing you have to think about is you know the big question because we're getting closer in the season and you go a little bit looking at next season, who's going to be the person that replaces um, Selena's. Taborn's production because she's a graduate student. There's no way she's coming back. Um, and uh, one thing that, that was impressive, you did talk about Sydney Jane taking her first three. Um, on uh, in this St. John's game, she went three for four from three. Um, a lot of people looked surprised by that, but um, she, you know, she told me after the game that you know she feels comfortable shooting. She just wants to get more opportunities. So I think that's something they can potentially look through. A lot of the time, the game has been guard shoot, big men only play inside. But I think it's obviously if you have a person who can play the four or five who can stretch out adds a different dynamic but yeah overall i mean you know it was tough two losses i mean it was good to see them be more competitive in games we've obviously it's been a while between that but um yeah i mean we know we've talked a lot about some of the issues at nausea i just don't and i feel like you know there's no reason to think but i just think that you know the ways if they if they can start playing this way more consistently if they're getting the shot selection eventually there's going to be games where they go in and i think that's the bigger key because again i, I there's games, there's loss, there's do, many different types of losses. There's losses where you didn't play well. There's losses where you made the right plays and they just, they just didn't fall. I think some of that happened with um, the men's team when they play St. John's coming here, you know, that final late game execution. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely some things that have been going better for them in the recent games, to say the least. All right. You've, you've talked for a really long time, so I will, uh, I'll try and keep my thing very sure, my, what I have, my input really short as, uh, don't really have too much to add, especially since you've pretty much covered everything. Uh, shout out to Selena Taborn. Big game, double-double. Love to see it. Uh, Butler just needs to keep feeding her the ball. And then also all this young talent that they're being able to just continue to keep putting on the floor and give them a chance, especially with like this late in the season. You know uh, things aren't going to be able to be looking so bright. Give these younger people a chance. And that's why I think is looking bright. Obviously, Sydney James is getting better. And that's what I'm hoping to do so far with all these other girls that are on the team. So... Um, but we're going to look ahead to their upcoming games. They got a game against Providence, uh, which would be the day of when this or uh, this podcast is going to be posted, which is going to be on the 11th. Um, so your thoughts, you think uh, Butler's going to be able to 
try and be able to compete with them. This is this is an away game, so hopefully our plane will actually be able to take off this time. Um, do you think that they'll be able to hang with them? Because we've got actually two games these next two days. We got game against uh, Providence at Providence, and then we're going to be flying from the East Coast to the heart of America, all the way to Omaha, the middle of nowhere, in Creighton to go play Creighton. <laughs> so um, it's gonna be. We got those two games, and then you got a game against Providence. So big through Providence at home. Sorry, so they play Providence twice in these. In this next week, in a matter of less than seven days, so big three games coming up. Do you think uh, they'd be able to try and get their first Big East win of the season? I mean, this is the thing to say. I mean, the thing that's interesting about this season, the way their season's been set up, is that they've had very few road games. They've they've had a very fortunate schedule in terms of being able to play at home and road. Obviously, that hasn't really translated the win, but they've had that. So it's been there hasn't been many tests for them on the road yet. And in terms of like. How much do they, does that really? Their point differential doesn't really seem to change whether it's home or road. So, and I'm what I'm going to. I mean, part of that I'm going to attribute. I'm going to give our school crap for you know how few people are there. Like I get it, but also I know that if the men's team was one in nineteen, the amount of fans would be still way way more. So I'm going to and thing, but I think that in that what I mean by that is that I don't know if the road differential is really the big thing. It's just that can they outplay Providence? Um, Providence is. Um, eighth in the Big East, so they're not like a team that's been playing great overall. Um, is they have no, they don't have any. They're like Butler, they don't really have a star player who stands out or who's like a scouting thing. So I think the biggest key, which in those kind of games, is just kind of if you notice someone getting. I think the in-game adjustments are key because with those kind of teams, they're usually going to go to if a person gets hot, you know. And I think that that something that hasn't always been the easiest for us to just do. But let's for example. I'm not saying I know that she will, but which I'm just going to say, for example, Megan Herter. She's a freshman guard. Let's just say she hits two threes in a row. I think that, you know, you have to potentially look into, are you guarding that play the same way versus if she had just thing. So I think the biggest key is just like with a team like that, you know, first of all, obviously t- turnovers low, getting good shots. I mean, those are standard things. But besides that, I think it's just important that they try to make composed. Um, just don't beat themselves because – those, if you don't beat yourself, you're going to give yourself a chance. So that's probably the biggest thing for me. Obviously, I think the other thing is if Taborn gets involved early, that causes a lot of trouble. And also, if we can get one of the guards, we don't. If we can get one of the guards to come with her, I think a good candidate for this, if she gets more minutes, is Kendall Wigner. She's hasn't been. She got. She was went from starting to playing very few minutes, but she, in terms of just, has the best combination of both being able to shoot and. Some ball handling, I think, on the team. So I think if she can get more minutes, she can make an impact. All righty. So it's going to be a big, big uh, road trip. This is the only second time they've gone, at least during the Big East conference schedule or uh, conference play, that they've gone on a road game or road tour. Um, so hopefully the, uh, the women are going to be able to pack themselves, get ready for some big traveling because that's going to be what they're doing the next two days. And hopefully they'll be able to maybe even come back with a win. So, but that's going to do it here for our women's basketball section. And I will send it over to the conclusion uh, where we're going to be ending the, or going to our special shout outs right before we end. All right. So before we go, we've got a few shout outs for some of the other athletes across the ball athletics, not yet mentioned in this episode. Shout out to the Butler women's softball team as they get ready to start their season at the DePaul Dome tournament in Rosemont starting on February 10th. Go make us Bulldogs proud, baby. And also, shout out to Simone Bedard of the Butler track and field team for breaking the school record in the mile that has stood since 2010 after running an astonishing 3 minutes and 58 second mile. That is unbelievable, man. You are doing amazing. Let's keep it up, man. 
And that is going to do it for our seventh episode of the Butler Sports Buffet podcast. I want to thank Jake and James for hopping on with me to create such a spectacular podcast per usual. And I hope everyone is ready for the Super Bowl Sunday this weekend. Go Rams. And I look forward to being back here next week for more Butler sports content. For the Butler Collegian, I'm Ethan Pollock. Go dogs!